How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Latavius Murray, you know, he ended up playing an every-down role for the Broncos. 82% of snaps played on two-minute snaps, played on third down, uh, you know, in addition to his normal early-down role. Um, it's most likely Mike Boone gets that, you know, passing-down role back once he's back from IR. Uh, could be as early as this upcoming week. Um, yep. So he's he is eligible to be back this week, so keep that in mind. But... Like, you know, even someone who was as an inefficient as Murray, they have the chance to be efficient, you know, if they're getting the volume uh, like he did this week. Same thing we saw with Zeke the week, you know, on Thanksgiving. You know, it's like it's going to happen eventually. They're going to break off, you know, a run here or there. And, you know, Murray, despite him being 47 years old, like he's still able, <laughs> you know, to 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 get have production if he's going to be given that type of those type of snaps and that type of volume. Yeah, he he beat everybody else out in his backfield by a mile. Um, I mean, I, I know they signed Marlon Mack, and he had a while ago he had no you know influence on Latavius Murray's carries. Um, the problem with me is I, this is the same problem I have with Damian Pierce, who we'll talk about soon. But um, Latavius Murray, he's in such a bad offense. I don't think it could get much worse watching this offense. You know, just yeah. as a side note, to Latavius Murray, so this offense is so bad, it, it's just ridiculous. They got a they got set up inside the fifteen yard line, I think. Um, on a interception or fumble, something. Um, there was a muff punt, something like that, and they proceeded to go zero yards with it and kick a field goal. Like that is just ridiculous for Russell Wilson at quarterback. It, I can't so, stand this offense. Zach Stevens, who is the Broncos beat reporter um, for the Denver dot com, he tweeted out yesterday that the Broncos fourteen point three points per game this year is the worst in the NFL since two thousand. That's more than 20 years ago. Yeah. This is the worst offense in 20 years. Pretty much. Last 25 years. That's with Russell Wilson, at quarterback. It's just painful watching his offense sometimes. Latavius Murray, if he gets that type of work, I'll move forward. Maybe he's a low-end RB2 for me. But yeah. That that's what we saw yesterday. And I just I don't think him. it's going to continue. No, if, it's not. If if Mike Boone ends up coming back, like it's over. And I'm yeah. I, it's gonna be really hard for me to start Murray most weeks. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to continue. And, and we know that. We've known that with Latavius Murray. He's you know liable to lose his work anytime someone else steps into the backfield. But he for this week, he was a, a low-end RB2. Um, if he gets this type of work every week, like I said, he'll be a low-end RB2. His upside is just non-existent. But um, yeah, you're not going to want to start him if somebody else enters the backfield. Like you said, Mike Boone. You might be able to milk one more week out of him if Mike Boone you know, takes a little bit more time coming back. Because at this point, there's no need to rush anybody back. Because his team ain't going anywhere. No. Mike Evans, extremely disappointing in this game. Yeah. We saw multiple long balls go his way, uh, but nothing really connected. Nine targets, but only two catches for 31 yards. It's a game to forget for Mike Evans. Um, he's been quiet over the last few games. Um, you know, I'm not sure what's going on. You know, like, usually he's able to come through, but the last three games, he's been very, very quiet. Um, I'm going to have to downgrade him a little bit. Obviously... You know, his ceiling is there, uh, you know, a- any given game. But we haven't that, we haven't seen that ceiling this year. Uh, yeah. You know, early in the season, we saw some games. But lately, it's been bad. Um, so I'm going to have to downgrade Mike Evans. Like, I've been having him, you know, close to that wide receiver one spot as a top 15 wide receiver. But I'm going to have to downgrade him moving forward, especially in this matchup against the Browns. It was a good one, you know. And then you yeah. have Chris Godwin, you know, who ended up catching 12 or 13 targets for 110 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> In a matchup where the Browns were really, really good against slot wide receivers this year. So I'm going to have to be ranking Godwin over Evans moving forward. Do you think Tom Brady has a new favorite target? (laughs) I don't know if Mike Evans was ever his favorite target. You know, you like to think that it would be, but, you know, the way Mike Evans has been playing, at least I don't want to attribute it to his play because we know the talent that he is and we know Tom Brady can throw it to him, but nine targets and only two catches, that's inexcusable. That's just a terrible, you know, performance. For Mike Evans coming into this, and it was a good matchup for him. Um, we talked about him being a buy a couple weeks ago, at least I did specifically. I think about him being a buy, and he has just you know shit the bed completely yep. these past few weeks. The upside has been non existent. We know the upside, it's still there, you know, it's still there. It's not like it's gone, it's just he keeps putting up these bad performances. He's probably lost a couple of weeks, but with Chris Godwin, he's been consistent, and now the production is starting to catch up to the volume that he's been getting. He's been getting consistent volume. Every week, he's had a super nice floor, and this week he came through with a nice ceiling. Um, 29 points in PPR off 12 catches. You know, he was a monster for PPR. And 110 yards and a touchdown, he's, he's fine for standard, too. He looked like the only receiver that was really getting anything done in the receiving game. Julio Jones had a couple catches here and there, but he's Julio Jones. You know, he's pretty much a compliment to these two anyway. Um, but as long as Tom Brady continues to hyper-target Chris Godwin, you know, you're in good shape with him. He might be a low-end wide receiver one for me now. You know, just based and, off the usage alone. And then on top of that, you have Rashad White, who played an every down role, uh, you know, for the Bucks without Leonard Fournette. 90% of snaps, 14 carries, nine catches on nine targets. Uh, that's 23 touches for a total of 109 yards, no touchdowns. But in PPR, like, you're chilling. Like, that's yeah. great. Um, and if Fournette is back next week, you, you know, you have to downgrade White a bit. Uh, but he's still startable. And I'd assume that he's going to be the 1A in that backfield, at least in the first game that Fournette is back for, um, you know, who knows if Fournette's going to be hundred percent, you know, in his first game back, who knows if it's even going to be this upcoming week, we have no idea, um, yeah. but we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think regardless, I think Rashad white um, is still very playable. If Fournette is, let's say if Fournette's hundred percent healthy, I still think that white might be a low end RB two, something like that. You know, if Fournette is good to go. It would be a Tony Pollard type upside situation. I, I mean, maybe not the touchdown upside because the offense hasn't been as good as Dallas has been of late. But you know, well, 
he's liable. Uh, he's liable I, I, to do I, really well with the touches that he gets. If, yeah, even if I, I, I see what you're saying, and I, you know, I'm personally, uh, I think he has been a little disappointing, Rashad White, in terms of efficiency and that sort of thing, right? Like, I would I have hoped that, yeah. to see more. Like, with the thing with Pollard is that, you know, he's so good. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's so efficient. And then on top of that, he's on a good offense. Um, you know, and the Bucks, like, they're just, you can't even consider them, like, a good offense anymore. You know what I mean? They're, they're um, very middle of the pack because they have good yeah. weapons. They're just not producing up to the standard that we're and used to. the great thing is that Rashad White is a really good pass catcher. So that's a plus. Tom Brady loves to check it down when he has a good running back um, yep. in the, uh, coming out of the backfield. So that's great. So those two things is why Rashad White is going to do well. And, you know, I was a big fan of Rashad White coming out. And I would have hoped that he would have played a little bit more efficient, you know, coming into this game and even in this game, to be honest. Um, mm. So, you know, you know, this is great. Like, I'm glad the Bucks have, you know, confidence in him to play 90% of the snaps, you know, even with Gio Bernard back and, you know, they have Keyshawn Vaughn and all that. But, you know, I'm glad that Rashad White was able to do his thing with the touches that he got. He was productive. So, with that, so that's yeah. good. Um, but my concern with Rashad White when Fournette is completely healthy is that this turns into a 50-50 split and neither of these guys are super efficient. Um, yeah. That's my only concern there. The, the production, you know, when I when I say that, he's like, Tony Pollard, this may have gotten a little mixed up and I could have clarified this. But the, the thing about Rashad White, the production might not be efficient like Tony Pollard. But when we talk about, you know, the touches swinging his way, you know, it could be like that once Leonard Fournette comes back. Which means, you know, it's code for me saying... Oh, like I don't mind starting him if I have to, yeah. you know. Like so you're saying he that be, he could he could still be the one A in that. Yeah. Area. So he's a low end RB two every week if Leonard Fournette comes back and he's healthy and you know he's getting touches. But like you like you've alluded to a couple times in this podcast and we've heard from beat reporters too that Rashad White could take over this backfield at any time. It might be that situation like Tony Pollard has where you know one game he might get all the touches, one game he might get enough touches to be fancy relevant, and some games he might be super quiet. But um. It's not so much the production I'm going to liken to Tony Pollard, but the way that the touches could swing is what I'm saying. That situation could resemble yeah. a lot like what we're seeing in Dallas right now. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, another running back, um, you know, Travis Etienne, man, he got hurt early in this game. It was a foot injury. Uh, he did say after the game, and I quote, we'll be straight for next week. And that was Jags beat reporter John Shipley asking him how he's feeling after the game. It was initially concerning since it was the same foot as he is his previous list Frank injury. Uh, yeah. But hopefully, hopefully what he's saying is true that he'll be fine for next week. Uh, but also Doug Peterson did also say that uh, they could have put him back in the game, but they didn't want to risk anything. So right. hopefully he's, he'll be good to go next week. Jermichael hasty, you know, played basically played an every down role while ETN was out, you know, he got, he got some, put up some points could have been ETN's points. I'm tilting still. Yeah. Um, keep in mind that they just signed Daryl Henderson, who was inactive in his first week with the team. So, you know, if ETN does miss time, then he could be active next week, you know, with Jermichael Hasty. And he, he could even get more touches than Jermichael Hasty. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but hopefully ETN will be fine and he'll he'll be good to go and you can play him next week. So would you say you anticipate ETN playing? I know we're way far yeah, out yet. I would say so. I, I would yeah, anticipate I mean, him playing too. It seems all signs seem like he should be good to go. Yeah. Like, and I, I kind of point to the fact that he didn't, you know, get out of uniform. He was still in game uniform and it looked like he could have gone in if he needed to, which is weird. Cause it was a close game. I thought maybe if it was a close game, they'd put him back in, but they didn't. 
Um, Jermichael Hasty did his thing anyway. It looks like Jermichael Hasty is going to be a, a decent pickup, you know, if you need to, if Travis Etienne would miss time. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. We just talked about Travis Etienne maybe starting. Um, you could stash him just in case if you have the bench space. But uh, Daryl Henderson, I'm not sure. You know, it'll be interesting to see. They did. They didn't trade for him or anything. They just picked him up. Maybe they just went him as depth. Um, they look smart. You know, by picking up Daryl Henderson after Travis Etienne went down, but I'm not anticipating Daryl Henderson rotating too much into this backfield, especially you know if Travis Etienne's all right. It's not like he's going to be coming in and playing a one B role to Travis Etienne. Etienne is far and away a better talent, and Daryl Henderson looks like it's just depth at this point. But um, if it's Jermichael Hasty leading the backfield and Travis Etienne's out, Daryl Henderson could rotate in. I don't think his ceiling is very high, but if you need yeah. someone for their floor, you know. And you had him when he was on the Rams. He, I could see similar production to what he was doing on the Rams. You know, in yeah. If Etienne doesn't practice all week, and Henderson, you know, obviously gets some practice time in, and Etienne ends up missing, I don't expect him to miss. But if he does end up missing, then I think I would just avoid this backfield. Basically, I wouldn't start Hasty or Henderson. All right, that's fair. It's, it's, that makes sense. It's not a good offense. Um, the Ravens' defense came back to earth in a big way against Jacksonville, but you know. It, yeah, because who knows how involved Henderson will be, you know, and right. Hasty isn't that good of a running back. So I, I'm not sure I would bother personally. Yeah. Um, Jeff Wilson had an amazing matchup coming into this week against the Texans without Raheem Mostert. So, of course, he's going to average only three yards a carry. <laughs> 13, 13 carries yeah. for 39 yards. At least he scored before he got dinged up. Um, so he was out of this game for a little while. So that obviously, you know, didn't do any favors for his volume, but he did catch only one ball for 13 yards. Didn't have the most amazing day. Uh, the ceiling wasn't as high as it could. I mean, the, he didn't hit this, the the high ceiling that, you know, we thought he could hit this week. Um, had him as an RB one, but that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Wilson, you know, it looked like he was gonna have a good game, but the Dolphins offense went up. Not the Dolphins offense, just Dolphins team in general went up so fast in this game. Yeah. It's like, there was no chance for any type of fantasy production. They pulled Tua after halftime. You know, yeah, he didn't. Exactly. I don't think he played another snap. Tyreek Hill had 15 points. Jalen Waddle had 13. You know, it wasn't explosive at all. But they were up by 30 at halftime. Yeah. So it's like, where did the points go? You know, how did we get here so fast without any of these players doing anything? I mean, obviously Jeff Wilson. He did. He said he did score that touchdown. But outside of that, I mean, no noteworthy fantasy performance came out of this game. A lot of people just kind of, you know, got their knees chopped by this performance because. They didn't play half the game. You know, yeah, so if you started these guys, you're probably upset a little bit. Um, Houston made a bit of a game at the end, and maybe you thought they put the starters back in just for one more run at glory, but um, that didn't happen. So it looks like I, I'm not worried about any of these players. You know, it's just the way the game script worked that they were way up on the Texans, and we thought that was going to happen. But Jeff Wilson, you know, he didn't really capitalize on a good matchup. And I, I was yeah. I was really surprised. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, T. Higgins comes through. Let's move to this Bengals game. Uh, you know, he came through once again with Jamar Chase out. He caught 709 targets for 114 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, man, two catches for 16 yards. Again, not coming through with Jamar Chase out. It was a good matchup, right? And now, yeah. and now we're not going to start him next week with, T, with, with Jamar Chase back, and of course, he's going to go off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> it looks like yeah. Jamar Chase is going to be back this week, though. Um, so you'll be able to start him, hopefully. Yeah. Trent Irwin had a really impressive catch. 
Um, yeah. You know, Tyler Boyd. I don't know. I don't want to say he's getting outplayed, but Tyler Boyd has been super quiet as of late. He's kind of, I don't want to say he's looking expendable, but with Jamar, Jamar Chase coming back, you know, you can't really envision him having anything better, any better production than this. Um, but like you said, just because Jamar Chase coming back, he's going to go off next week. We'll see. Of course. But um, T. Higgins, you know, he showed out again, like you said. And I was actually really happy to see that, besides the fact that he, I was playing against him this week. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we talked about it like two weeks ago, I think it was. We said, you know, uh, T. Higgins has been awful quiet with Jamar Chase out. And then these past two weeks, he's done really well. So it's like maybe oh, yeah. we have a little power here. I don't know. But um, he, he, he looked really <laughs> good. Um, you know, Joe Burrow was throwing up those jump balls. And that's where he's going to make his money. And he did, definitely, against a rookie corner who wouldn't, right? If, if you yeah. watch a game, he was just beating him all day. You see this, see this in yep. the game, you know good things are happening. And for those who are listening, Zach yeah. is tapping his head. The head top, yep. For the jump ball. <laughs> Samaje Pirine, 17 carries, four catches on seven targets, 24 opportunities in this game, 80% of snaps, and he came through. Very yep. solid performance despite the tough matchup. He did end up getting a goal line carry, and he ended up scoring uh, because they were able to move the ball uh, through the air. Pirine looked good, man. Um, you know, yeah. I... I he, he he's a I think he's a good player and you know he he looked good you can kind of understand why they want to like mix him in a little bit with Mixon, um but yeah like I, I kind of like P Ryan whenever Mixon doesn't play, it kind of seems like he comes through uh, even in a tough matchup he was able to do his thing. Yeah, I mean if you watch P Ryan, <laughs> it was one of the things I was kind of surprised at yesterday. He's like, okay, you know, breaking tackles and all that. Yeah, that he looked yeah. he looked really good. Like contact balance, like mm-hmm. it wasn't elite but it was just like okay this guy's definitely he's not taking lightly the fact that he's getting the start today you know nope. he was out there to play football and he did and he turned in a good fantasy performance I, I was you know pleasantly surprised by that i've seen him play and i picked him up in the last week of last season thinking that he'd be able to do this type of thing and i think he got zero touches i remember it was really upsetting but um mm. samaja p ryan he, he looks good i mean can we call him a handcuff i, I think we might be able to he's definitely a handcuff he's been yeah. a handcuff this whole time yeah Okay, he's been super quiet. I mean, we don't see Joe Mixon miss a lot. That's why maybe yeah. I was kind of, you know, well, I was I calling mean, the handcuff. We did see him miss a lot before last season. Yeah, before last season. And this season, and P, and P. Ryan, P. Ryan, even before that last season, P. Ryan was coming in for him. I mean, we yeah. had Geo there too for like the season before that. But mm-hmm. in 20, 2020, 20, yeah, 2020, we, we saw a couple uh, P. Ryan games. Um, yeah. But yeah, but since Zach Taylor has been there, it seems like P. Ryan has been the guy. Yeah, and and he looked good. And like you said, this was against a good defense. So who knows? He could be really good against, you know, a bad defense. Like if he goes against yeah. the Texans. So, you know, he's one of those guys that you can, you know, have stashed. I picked P. Ryan up multiple times, you know, this year. <laughs> just, yep. just, just, <laughs> just in case, like, Mixon were to go down. And, you know, it kind of worked out this week. Except uh, I didn't start him. Maybe I should have started him over uh, tra- maybe, uh, Travis Etienne. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. You would, would never, ever have caught us. You wouldn't have caught Faraz dead saying to start Samaja P. Ryan over Travis Etienne. No I way. will say this, though. I mean, I only had P. Ryan ranked, you know, two spots behind Etienne this week. Um, yeah, and and I was thinking about it. Not gonna lie, but you know why I was thinking about it? The Ravens because defense. Ravens defense number one. Number two, I'm like, listen, P. Ryan, like he's gonna be very involved in the pass game. Um, and Etienne hasn't been. Um, that was my only concern there. But there's it's just at the end of the day, I'm not benching. Yeah, Etienne. We, we know that's what it comes down to. We know the rule. Start your yeah, studs. Stupid rule. Stupid rule. <laughs> uh, hey, we've all been there. We've all been burnt. So it happens. Oh, man. All right, let's move on to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so Christian McCaffrey has a knee issue. It could be patellar tendonitis. That's what it seems like. 
Uh, it caused him to be out of the game for a while, you know, in and out of the game. I was wondering why he wasn't on the field during the two-minute drill at the end of the first half or inside the five-yard line at times, uh, but it seems like that's why. And he yeah. came back in the game. You know, Jordan Mason started to rotate with him after Elijah Mitchell was ruled out of the game with a knee injury, and it seems like he has another MCL sprain on his other knee. Um, doesn't see, Apparently, it's not as severe as the first MCL sprain, but the first one caused him to miss like six weeks or more than that. So it was six to eight weeks. That was the initial prognosis for him. So he'll probably miss some time. Um, now if this CMC injury isn't serious and it doesn't seem to be what it seems to me, like what it seems to be is that, uh, moving forward, he might miss some practice time, but it doesn't look like he's going to miss games, uh, still monitor this injury. But the problem with this is like, you know, with Mitchell out, CMC would have got all of the touches moving forward. Right. Yeah. Like from a fantasy perspective, it's like, all right, wheels up for CMC, put him back up at the RB one spot. But now he has a knee issue mm-hmm. and some and with this particular knee issue, apparently the best thing to do is, you know, have a little bit of load management. So it's possible that we see Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason, you know, as a, you know, kind of, you know, Mason isn't going going to be the guy to, you know, take Elijah Mitchell's role because Elijah Mitchell is a legit good running back. Um, Jordan Mason, you know, it took him a while to even get these type of touches that we saw in yesterday's game. Uh, It took a couple injuries for that to happen, but we'll see, right? It's possible that Tevin Coleman gets activated. I doubt he gets a lot of touches, but if Christian McCaffrey's good to go, if he he can manage, I guess, if there's any pain associated to this injury, if he can manage that pain just to kind of close out the year, I know that they have playoff and Super Bowl aspirations here are they going to you know give Christian McCaffrey you know 20-25 touches a game I'm not sure but with Elijah Mitchell kind of out of the way for the next several games maybe we have a little bit of a boost in Christian McCaffrey's value despite the the knee issues that he has going on right now himself right I wouldn't be mad as a Christian McCaffrey manager if they did load management this week and Elijah Mitchell misses a few more games and he comes back and he gets his full workload two weeks after that. I mean, unless you really need to win, um, you know, to get in the playoffs. It's really bad timing for this injury for Christian McCaffrey because definitely, like you said, I was 100% going to be like, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's back. He's the RB1 overall every week. But that's not the case now. He's going to be dealing with that injury. Um, We'll see how it affects him. He is on a better offense. Maybe if he could just get some quality touches, you know, he'll be able to do his thing. But um, I don't think they're going to use him as a workhorse, um, especially if they're rotating Elijah Mitchell in, you know, even with him being on the team. Um, and Elijah Mitchell being healthy and Christian McCaffrey now being there. I was hoping he'd be able to get back up to that 40-point upside, but that's not going to happen at this point. I think he can get back to that. If they manage the injury the right way, he could be back to it as early as next week, assuming Elijah Mitchell's out, um, you know, for uh, more than one game or two. Um, but, yeah, with Christian McCaffrey being injured now and Jordan Mason, like you said, he looked all right. He didn't get a whole lot of work, but he looked all right they're going to be rotating him in definitely. And it's going to hurt his workload a little bit and it's going to cap his ceiling. So I I think the fallout, the bottom line here with this whole event, the string of injuries is that Christian McCaffrey is going to be pretty much sitting right where we had him, you know, last week. I think so. I think he gets a little bit of a boost because I, I don't see Jordan Mason or Tevin Coleman, like taking like the money touches away. Like, yeah, you have an argument for putting in Elijah Mitchell in on certain in certain situations, but like 
if you have Jordan Mason on the field, when you have Christian McCaffrey on the sideline, you know what I mean? If you have Tevin Coleman on the field, when you have Christian McCaffrey on the sideline, it's like, what are we doing here? You know yeah, what I'm saying? So like, I, I think because of that, he gets a little bit of, bit of a boost. Hopefully that, that tendonitis isn't something that has to limit him too much. That's, that's yeah. the hope. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, don't be surprised if Christian McCaffrey misses some practice time this week. Um, but hopefully he'll be good to go for the game. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.